Michigan's Children proudly presents Speaking for Kids, the podcast where we explore crucial conversations impacting the lives of all Michigan children, youth, and families, especially the most vulnerable. Join us each month as we explore public policies and issues in the best interest of our kids and families. We'll bring you lawmakers and policymakers, advocates fighting for change, and the people most affected by those decisions. With our host, Matt Gillard, president and CEO of Michigan's Children, we'll invite you to become engaged too and show you how to take action on what matters most to you. Episodes are recorded live and shared virtually on YouTube and the audio hosting sites, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Hello and welcome back. I'm Matt Gillard, and this is our sixth episode of Speaking for Kids, the podcast for Michigan's Children. We're recording this episode on September 28th, 2021. Today's topic is what Michiganders want as far as investments in children and youth. Just last last week, I was fortunate enough to join my friends at the Skillman Foundation uh, with an opportunity to present at the Mackinac Island, uh, the Detroit Regional Chamber's Mackinac Island Public Policy Conference. Uh, we and Michigan's Children and the Skillman Foundation released the results of an important public opinion poll that was conducted statewide on investing in children's issues. Uh, we queried nearly 800 likely voters that people that are likely to vote in the 2022 general election and ask them to share what their concerns and hopes were for the state's children and youth. This survey was done at the end of July, first part of August. And like I said, of 800 likely voters here in Michigan. Specifically, what we wanted to know is whether voters would be willing to support increasing public funding and raising taxes to help kids and families overcome the effects of the pandemic, including disrupted learning and increased mental health issues amongst children. And the results surprised even us. I can't wait to talk about this poll. And so let's start by welcoming our two guests today uh, who will help us break down the poll results, what they mean, and what the big takeaway are for advocates for Michigan's children, youth, and families. With us today is Todd Patterson. Todd's the president of Public Progress, a nonpartisan group that was really central in helping us craft the poll questions uh, to work with our, the firm that did the poll, Lake Research Partners. Lake conducted the poll, like I said, between July 27th and August 3rd. Also joining us today is one of my favorite advocates and colleagues uh, who's working tirelessly to improve the educational and career outcomes for Michigan families. Patrick Brown. Patrick is the executive director of the Michigan Association of Community and Adult Education and is also a colleague of ours here at Michigan's Children. So let's get right to it. Welcome, Todd and Patrick. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining us. us. Oh, yeah, thank you. And, and Todd, why don't we start with you? Why don't you give our, our audience just kind of a little bit of background about the role you played in this and maybe, um, you know, what you see as some of the, the big takeaways or what stood out uh, in this poll that was done in Michigan, maybe even in comparison to what you've seen in some polling done in other areas. Certainly, Matt. And uh, again, it's great to be here today. Uh, this, the findings in this poll were remarkable. Uh, and, and that is no exaggeration. Uh, we work with uh, different communities and, and states around the country and have probably done uh, early benchmark work in, in 25 to 30 different communities and, and for, for several more statewide efforts. Um, the strength uh, of support uh, behind uh, greater investment in children and youth can vary greatly. Uh, depending on where you are in the country, uh, depending on how much you're asking for, uh, depending on what the political mood is at the time. Remember, if you're looking at a state or local 
initiative is oftentimes affected by what's going on nationally. It's never immune. The Michigan poll that was conducted this summer was so strong for several different reasons that it's really a great time to take action and to pursue that greater investment in children and youth. And I'll tell you what, um, we had uh, an 800 sample poll, statewide poll, and it was a rather lengthy poll. It exceeded uh, 20 minutes, uh, but we had a great completion rate, which uh, only enhances the durability of the findings. Um, but we found three things to be the case in Michigan. One is intensity. Voters want to see greater investment in children and youth. That was exemplified by the numbers. 62% wanted to see greater investment. 58%, only a four-point drop-off, were still willing to support that investment if it meant increased taxes. So not only do they support greater investment, Michiganders are willing to pay for it. Usually that drop-off between, uh, uh, between the two is, is somewhere between eight and 10 points. The drop-off was only four points in Michigan. Secondly, you have cohesion. You don't have the variances with age groups and, and, geogra and, and geographic groups that you have in other states. Okay? This issue is as popular in outstate Michigan as it is in the urban areas. It has cohesion along age divisions and the partisan divides that are always the case are not as wide. So Republicans and Democrats are, are, are more in agreement in Michigan than they are elsewhere about this greater investment. And finally, tolerance. Um, we pressed a lot of issues in this poll um, they, it, it, to make sure that the respondents felt confident in how they were responding. Um, the support for families and their economic security was great. Secondly, for the mental health of children. Thirdly, to make sure that our young people were ready for the workplace or continued education. All of those things were very paramount in this. So there was a lot of tolerance. People, Michiganders, the respondents were very, very interested in exploring different avenues, in funding different avenues that would increase uh, the, the security and opportunity for kids in Michigan. Well, thanks, Todd. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And we will uh, dig into a little more detail into some of those things here in a minute. But I want to get Patrick in um, at this point. Patrick, you've been involved in, uh, you know, advocating for young people and families here in Michigan a long time. Uh, what stood out to you kind of as a top line takeaway uh, when we first were able to see the results of the poll here? Yeah, thanks, Matt. First, I want to thank you for having us on the program and being here with Todd to talk about this. Um, you know, I think I would echo exactly what Todd said in saying that um, the challenges that the poll presents for marginalized populations are certainly not new. Um, and certainly for advocates and those of us working with these populations, some of the solutions um, that we think will come out of this are not new. But what's exciting and what's exhilarating is that now it's risen to the level that the general populace is really starting to pay attention to a lot of these issues. And that's where we see a lot of energy, a lot of movement, both politically, economically, socially around so many of these issues. 
Um, in particular, around children and youth, I think the raised awareness um, around these issues has only been exasperated by COVID-19. And so I, I'm, I think we're seeing that, you know, a lot of times we talk uh, in the last year or so about what COVID-19 will have and the impact it will have on a lot of our social programs and a lot of different aspects of our economy and politics. I think we're starting to see that now. And we're seeing that uh, where childcare affordability and access has now become a top priority for families all across our state and for voters. Mental health is another area that certainly we, we've seen many populations challenged throughout the pandemic uh, with mental health. Um, but in addition, what's been exciting, I think, is seeing the investment around education and job training and skill building. Um, that's that's an area that um, we've, we've moved away from as a state in prioritization over the last decade or so. Um, we were very prioritized around that when we had the Great Recession. And so now we're coming back to that conversation. We're seeing the implications. Um, and I think this is important for us uh, as state advocates to be engaged with this, to be talking about this, to be sharing these results. And I'm so glad that Michigan Schroeder is going to be presenting some opportunities here to do that. Those would be the key areas that I think are really important for us to focus on. The child accessibility and affordability for child care, the juvenile justice issues that are that are raised by this poll, education and employment and training opportunities, and certainly the mental health uh, situation as well, I think is really important. Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of great data to be to be gleaned from this. And I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the reason, the impetus behind this, at least from certainly from Michigan's children's standpoint, and I know from the Skillman Foundation standpoint as well, was was really to ascertain where the general public is on investments in, in young people and families moving forward. I think from a child advocacy standpoint, you know, the I go back to when the pandemic first started and everyone, you know, it, it flipped everybody's world upside down. And I think people were and the immediate beginning dealing with the, the immediate impacts on children. But then as it started to, to develop and evolve, and it was clear that it was going to be sustained, or the impact was going to be sustained for some time, the child advocates really started to understand and recognize that this was going to have long-term impacts on children. And then immediately you realize that that's going to need increased public investments in programs that support children and families. Um, you know, I think we've been fortunate to see some of that already come to fruition in Congress with some of the pandemic relief bills and other things. But there's always obviously a concern about how sustainable this will be. And so, you know, the conducting the poll was the, the first step in, in really trying to gauge where the general public was. And I think without a doubt, we can learn from the results of this that the, the public gets it right. I mean, the impact the, the pandemic has had a tremendous impact on kids and families, and it's going to take significant public investment in the programs that support kids and families for us to uh, mitigate the damage and reverse the the, the challenges that uh, kids and families are facing. And so uh, I'm very encouraged by what we saw. So, Todd, back to you for a minute. How does uh, maybe what we saw in Michigan um, I know you highlighted a little bit about the durability and other aspects and the cohesion, but even on the issue side, does it align with what we're seeing in other states or what you're seeing nationally around, uh, you know, what some of the critical issue areas are that the public uh, relates to to addressing post pandemic? Absolutely, Matt. Um, if you do a composite of national polling, you'll see that the issues that were highlighted in the Michigan State poll are also highlighted nationally. The difference is this, is that there's more intensity in Michigan. If you look at the, the map, 
the national map. The, the eastern states and the midwestern states are more intense about funding for children and youth than the southern and western states currently. Okay? And Michigan is a leader amongst the midwestern states. So I think there's a real opportunity here uh, to not only help children and youth and families and their families, but to also position Michigan as a leader in the country. And in generating more local revenue for children and youth. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And I think, yeah, I mean, and the timing couldn't be better, right? I mean, we're we're fresh off of the the, the state budget finally getting passed here in Michigan for our fiscal year 22, but but with a lot of uh, federal money still sitting out there and supplemental discussions starting as we speak, and then we're heading before we know it here uh, right into a big election year here in Michigan in 2022 with the the governor's race and our entire state legislature up and in newly drawn districts and and all of this information and data that we get from polls like this are, is incredibly helpful and so patrick let's talk a little bit about about maybe one aspect of that from it uh as todd mentioned in his earlier comments one of the one of the most encouraging um details from the poll uh from my standpoint having been involved in politics and the political side of things in michigan for a long time is that there's that cohesion geographically in Michigan. We often struggle in Michigan politically with a geographic divide and, and you know, something that, that's seen as positive for the urban areas of Southeast Michigan or, or even Southwest Michigan is not uh, conducive or supported by uh, maybe the rural areas of the UP or even Northern Lower. But what we saw when you look at the cross tabs and the data from this poll is that really across the geographic spectrum of Michigan, there is uh, support for investment in, in public funding uh, into programs that support kids and families. And, and that's unique. That sets us up in a unique position and I think allows us uh, so, you know, some, some really strong uh, tools to use with, with legislators across the political spectrum and from all corners of the state uh, and we think, uh, you know, from an advocacy perspective, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, Matt, I would say from an advocacy policy group standpoint, this is kind of an early holiday gift. <laughs> this, you know, really supports some of the longstanding issues that we've been raising uh, and, and talking about. And what I think is most encouraging is that not only did respondents identify what challenges are, but they also were in support of real solutions and real investments, whether that's increasing uh, the tax revenue in certain areas, whether that's shifting state revenues to support some of these programs, whether that's looking at more long-term investments. And I think that's really important because that can be a very political conversation, you know, and, and to your point, um, it differs all across the state. But what's unifying is that we're seeing voters all across our state identifying not only real challenges, but offering real solutions and getting on board with real solutions. In particular, I think it's really important to think about where those solutions might come from. And we've seen that in our state legislator most recently passing their state budget, making a huge investment over a billion dollars in childcare funds available. I know there's talk about expanding broadband technology access resources all across Michigan. So I think there's momentum both in the political sphere, uh, but also at local county levels and regional levels to really support and offer solutions to, to some of these longstanding challenges that 
many Michiganders have been facing. And like I said, it, it's something that as an advocacy organization, we're just really happy that this information's out there and that we have something to kind of go into this fall uh, legislative term to really talk about the opportunities that uh, are here and, and what we can use with the additional uh, federal dollars that are remaining around COVID relief and really plugging those in uh, to bolster some of these opportunities. No, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I'm, I'm excited about, about just thinking about the ways we could use this information. So along those lines, Todd, I know, you know, you indicated in your, in your intro, you've been involved in, in this type of work um, in many different states and many different areas. What advice would you have for, for child advocates in Michigan uh, when, you know, they look at this and, and they get excited about it, like, like Patrick and I do, and, and, you know, start to think about the possibilities of using this. What have you seen um, maybe that's, that's more effective or, or some effective ways that you can use information like this, both in a, in a current legislative environment, but even maybe in an elections scope as well? I think that in Michigan, where you have a term-limited legislature, um, it's always good to keep the option of state-enabling legislation that will allow localities to determine their, their, the, the funds that they, they may want to put forward, whether that's a ballot initiative or a budget set aside locally, <clears throat> that sort of thing. As we know, the Michigan Constitution is, is rather restrictive on what localities can do and which taxes they can levy. But to allow you know, counties like a Macomb or, or Genesee to set up you know, its own authority to fund children and youth may be an option that the legislators are more comfortable with than trying to you know, appropriate or raise the taxes themselves in a statewide ballot initiative or whatnot. So I think number one, if you could, if, 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 keeping it local can be very successful and should not be discounted as, as, a, uh, as a tactic. I think secondly, um, kids, you know, children and families are affected by every policy that moves forward. And to impress upon the legislators and the other advocates, even those on the other side, that really the paramount question to ask before you make a decision, before you push green or red is, is it good for the children? And to impress that, and now you've got the proof that voters, their voters support what's best for the children, uh, you're gonna be in a very different position, I think, than you may have been in the last three or four years. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And I think your first part especially was interesting. There's even some data when you dig into the poll a little bit about how, um, you know, they're pretty sophisticated. The folks, the general public gets it. And, and yes, they across the, the geographic spectrum want more public investment in kids and families but they want that local component. They want that local implementation and local decision uh, aspect to it. And I think you're absolutely right. And I think that's, that's going to be critical as we think about you know, building forward as child advocates, that we're designing asks and, and programs and, and, and the use of these dollars in a way that, that local communities can best benefit from them. Because uh, we could easily run into implementation struggles where, you know, despite the fact that right now there's this general public sentiment across the state for investment of it, of these investments are implemented in a way that don't work in, in broad swaths of the state or in geographical areas of the state, 
that that support will erode real quickly, right? And and that's something that I think um, you know we as the advocates need to be cognizant of. Certainly the 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 government officials, elected officials, and otherwise that are going to be uh, in involved with implementation of any of these programs or dollars are going to have to be well aware of as well. And and it's uh, it can be a daunting challenge, but you know it's a it's a great problem to be talking about rather than the flip side, which would be uh, you know if the the general public was calling for big cuts to, to, to funding for programs, we'd be in a much different situation. And so, uh, you know, I'll take the implementation problems um, where they come. Um, so Patrick, kind of on to you now. So where do you think, where do you get most excited about actually using this data and, and how, how you think that yourself and, and all the other uh, child advocates in the state can really, um, uh, you know, make, make the most of this information that we have that shows this general public support for the things we're fighting for. Yeah, Matt, I really think it's a treasure trove of data and, and that's always important in, in this line of work is just to have resources available to articulate and talk about. Um, so as, as advocates for children and youth, I think that data component is just extremely important to say, here's, here's some raw actual recent data around these topics. I think also when it comes to actually sitting down and talking with lawmakers about this issue, it allows that door to stay open. It allows lawmakers, I think, a little more flexibility, a little more breathing room to talk about some of these issues if it hasn't been on their policy agenda before. And the reason why it may not have been is because they didn't think that their constituents, it was a top priority concern for them. And now we're seeing that it, for a majority of voters across our state, some of these issues are highly important. They're ranking it as top one, two, three priorities um, going forward in their lives. So I think that's a win, and I think that's a positive as as advocacy organizations work and think about these these things. I think it's also a space for us to really think about the overwhelming support for some of our programs um, around job skills training. Over 85% of respondents in the poll said that they supported that. Nearly 80% said that they would support affordable childcare resources. These are really tangible. Uh, results. And they're really tangible issues that many Michiganders have faced, especially over the last 18 months, trying to balance that work life, maybe losing a job or having to gain another job to, to uh, offset losses in income in the household, trying to balance children at home going to school while working. Uh, I think we've all known someone that has experienced that. So for, for policy advocates, I think there's a lot here to really think about and really look at and talk about. What I would encourage people to do is obviously visit the Michigan Children website. I think there's more information there where you can kind of dive in and, and pull out things. Um, but also I would really think about uh, how it supports some of the causes or issues that you care most about. You know, there, there were a lot of questions in this poll around a variety of different topics and issues, asked in different ways, asked in, in, in similar ways. But what it found was overwhelmingly that their support for those key areas, mental health, child childcare access, job skills training access, um, virtual learning and, and the loss of learning among youth. Those are all real important issues that are in the public sphere right now that we're talking about. And so I'd encourage any advocate to really look at that information and, and see what they can glean out of that as they go forward. Yes, thank you, Patrick. Uh, no, and, and I, I mean, as a former legislator, I harken back to my days, my first campaign running for, for state rep and I would have loved to have information like this, right? As I was developing my, 
kind of talking points and my platform and what I was going to run on. And I think this is just a, an invaluable tool for us as advocates. But I even think about all of these candidates that may even right now be be starting to think about whether to run for state house or state senate or or anything. And if they if we can get this information into their hands and they can understand that the voters in their community want these things, uh, you know, I think that can be a powerful tool, uh, not just for them, but for us as we move forward. And as you know, we always talk about elections as opportunities, and I think we have a great one coming up in front of us and, and having these uh, these resources at our disposal makes me even even that much more excited about it. Well, I want to thank our two guests for today, Todd Patterson from Public Progress and Patrick Brown as well. And thank all of you for tuning in today. And thank you for being a part of this and for being uh, a part of our work moving forward. And as Patrick said, if you want to learn more about our poll work and what the voters had to say, please go to our website. It's www.michiganschildren.org. Uh, and you'll be able to find access to, to information about the poll. We'll certainly be using it in communications and, and spreading more information about it as, as much as we can uh, for the foreseeable future. And if you have any uh, specific questions um, about it or about it, what you can get your hands on, please reach out to us through our website as well. We'll be back again next month for another episode of Speaking for Kids. Meanwhile, to become a regular listener, please download the podcast from any of the popular hosting sites. And also don't forget to check us out online at michiganschildren.org and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And please sign up. If you haven't done so already, please sign up for our weekly bulletins as well. Bye now. Thank you. You've been listening to Speaking for Kids, the podcast for Michigan's children with host Matt Gillard. Thanks for joining us. To explore these and other issues relevant to our state's children, youth, and families, and to build your advocacy muscle, go to our website at www.michiganschildren.org. You'll find links and news about past and future podcast topics under our resource tab and action alerts under the Take Action tab. Find and like us on Facebook and Twitter. Terry Bannis and Stephen Wallace produced this podcast. Contact them with your questions and ideas for other topics. Michigan's Children is a nonprofit advocacy organization, an independent voice working to reduce disparities in child outcomes from cradle to career through policy change.